0: Welcome to episode 3 of the Qatar School Report. As always, I'm your host, John McSwiggin. Today we'll be joined by Dr. Rajiv Thomas, founder and managing director of Hope Qatar Centre for Special Needs. First of all, let me say thank you, Dr. Raji, for joining the show this morning. You're joining us all the way from India. So I'm I'm
1: more or less based out of India, but uh, very active in other parts of the world. I spent about 15 days a month in uh, Doha and uh, some of it back in India. And uh, I I do a lot of other programs around uh, other parts of the world as well.
0: Okay, so just talk us through how the Hope Center here in Qatar actually came into being.
1: All right. Um, you know, I I was very much into the corporate world for the last uh, 25, 26 odd years. And uh, I've spent more or less uh, most of my uh, 26 years uh, in the Middle East between Saudi Arabia and uh, Qatar. I've been in Qatar for over uh, 17 years and uh, actually more than 17 years. I, I worked with the Qatar Foundation as their head of uh, strategic planning uh, for more than... 14 years uh, and I left them a year ago so I was kind of uh, uh, very much involved in the building of the education city and uh, all the projects that are associated with it and um, uh, at that time I have my eldest son uh, Steven who has uh, Down syndrome and this is what brought me to uh, hope and this is what actually led to the formation of hope Qatar uh, between my wife and myself, we said, you know, rather than wait for somebody to start a center where uh, we could have meaningful and affordable education for my son. Uh, because, you know, when when we moved to uh, Doha so many years ago, John, uh, there were hardly any centers available for the differently abled children in Qatar. So uh, the only few facilities that were available were either two uh too expensive for a person like me or uh, the waiting list was so long that by the time I would get an appointment it would be many years down the line so uh, we had to take action. So in life, sometimes uh, we face certain challenges and then we have two options. One is to wait for a solution or then create a solution. So I think uh, we were very lucky that we had the support of uh, various international embassies in Doha. And uh, that kind of, you know, helped us in setting up uh, a small, very small center at that time uh, for providing meaningful uh, and affordable special education and therapeutic services for the differently abled children uh, of all nationalities actually and uh, that center has today evolved into what the current hope is and they're actually celebrating the 15th year of its existence in Qatar this year so uh, I I spend a lot of time uh, in Doha as I said about 15 days a month at present to keep the center uh, up and running but I also am engaged in um, developing another residential community for the Differently Abled back in India at present called the Village of Hope. Uh, I think uh, my association with uh, the Differently Abled has purely been motivated and triggered off by my personal uh, needs at home and Steven being the uh, driving factor for it. Uh, He's now 22 years of age so the thought that comes into the mind of any parent is, uh, what happens to my child uh, after I'm gone? And, you know, with yeah. the existing uh, social systems and in, in India, we do not have any uh, institutionalized ways of uh, assuring mm-hmm. ourselves that the child will be taken care of after the time of its parents. And uh, Stephen, though he has a Down syndrome and certain speech and intellectual challenges, uh, he is... Uh, partially dependent on other people for uh, making certain decisions for him and uh, being with him uh, throughout the day. So uh, this has led to the concept of uh, something called the Village of Hope. And uh, it is going to be a residential community where people with disabilities can be registered even while their parents are alive. And uh, then gradually move in and be take on residence once the parents are no more. So that's the project that I'm currently working on. And uh, I'm also involved in yet another project called Accessibility. Accessibility mm-hmm. is a uh, uh, one of its kind gymnasium. Uh, and health facilities for the differently abled uh, teenagers and uh, young adults because there is no facility in India at present that offers uh, specifically tailored or customized programs that are essential for the intellectually and physically challenged uh, individuals. So there are many gymnasiums, there are many health facilities available, but nothing that is uh, uniquely built for such individuals which has you know there's a lot of guidelines and there's a lot of uh, uh, requirements in terms of the way that it is designed the way that it is manned the way that it is operated but uh, none of that exists in India at present so um, rather than wait for somebody to do it for us once again uh, we took it upon ourselves to say why don't we do something like that so that's yet another project that I'm working on And uh, after after completing my uh, project at Qatar Foundation and my stay in the corporate world, I've started focusing a lot more on empowering the uh, next generation, especially teenagers and young adults on uh, facing some of the unique challenges that this world has, uh, has left for them. Because, you know, I think uh, we are to blame for it. Our generation, our, uh, the adults of today are to blame for it because we've created a world that's not really a very pleasant place for the next generation to live in. So we've uh, brought in a lot of issues that uh, many of these youngsters do not know how to face. So um, in my interaction with, the, uh, with hundreds of thousands of uh, teenagers and young adults around the world, uh, wh- one thing that stands out is that, you know, if we don't give them the right, the tool set and the skill set and the mindset uh, to face some of these challenges we are going to leave behind a generation of people who have absolutely no clue on what to do because there's a lot of a uh, lot of issues including uh, breakdown of family relationships uh, the lack of confidence uh, the teen and teen suicide rates and uh, so many other things that i could go on talking about but you know i think that could take more mm-hmm. of most of the show so um, i would i would refrain from that for the time being so that's another area that i spend considerable amount of time on. So whenever I'm called in to speak to youngsters anywhere in the world,
0: I fly out for them, to them. So, so this is, this is basically what keeps me busy most of the day. Sure, sure. So just unpack that for us, uh, Dr. Rajiv. How does one go from the corporate world into um, developing? I mean, what, what's r- quite remarkable, really, a school in Qatar, a village in India, and all these other. Areas that you're involved in. How does one actually achieve that? What What were the steps that you took? Just talk us through that.
1: Uh, John, I am. Uh, I think you know. Each one of us, uh, when we are born, there is a higher purpose that we are all being uh, assigned for, and uh, many people never uh, realize the purpose or the true purpose for which they exist, and they just go on to live a very mechanical. Uh, what I would term a pretty meaningless life you know they live their life they have fun they enjoy themselves and maybe that's their purpose but you know uh, there is something that we can always leave behind Uh, we need to look at the uh, at at what's happening around us and see how can i uh, at least touch the life of one single individual uh, around me and uh, thankfully for me my my life's journey has been full of ups and downs and uh, i've uh, i've gone through various uh, challenges that have strengthened me as a person, as an individual, and given me a wealth of experience and expertise on how to navigate some of these challenges in life. And uh, what I do not want uh, happening is that, you know, we we will all disappear from this world one day. And it's a matter of uh, that breath that goes into our body, whether it comes out or not. So before that happens, and before the uh, light is blown out on me, I really would like to leave behind uh, something that will have an impact on the uh, the world around me and the next generation. So uh, I think uh, I, I do have a strong belief in uh, the Almighty. So I believe that God has been kind of uh, nudging me along in all directions to leave behind this uh, this impact and to do what best we can in the time that we have. So uh, I, I think uh, it was a natural thing for me I did not uh, put too much thought on any of this and as and when a, a requirement arose I just uh, jumped into it and for some reason uh, the universe has been kind to me and the resources just come up and uh, things just happen and I've always had uh, a lot of supportive individuals and people who, uh, who encourage me to keep doing what I'm doing and uh, that's what I'm doing at present.
0: So if you had to describe what your vision is for your students, um, that is, where would you like them to end up in life? How would, do you envisage them progressing in life? What would you say that is? What is your vision for your students?
1: Uh, shall I? Are we uh, talking about the students at Hope Qatar Center for the Children with Special Needs?
0: Let, let's start with the Hope in Qatar. Yes. Yes. And then we can work out from there.
1: All right. So uh, Hope Qatar Center uh, was uh, founded, as I said, about 15 uh, years ago. This is the 15th year of its existence in Qatar. And I could uh, rightly say that we were one of the pioneers in this field because uh, there, we, we treaded on waters that many others did not even want to think about. And uh, thankfully, uh, we, we are where we are today, a fully recognized and approved center under the uh, Ministry of Education. And uh, I have uh, an amazing a team of international uh, trainers and therapists available and we offer uh, a whole range of programs at the center and uh, what vision we have for them is I mean the whole center goes by uh, two main uh, taglines one is uh, leave no one behind and the other one is uh, uh, because we care so uh, what, I, what it basically means is that you know each individual comes into this world with uh, unique uh, needs and challenges uh, the same for any differently abled child as well they all have certain inherent abilities and uh, certain uh, competencies and certain abilities within them but what the society tends to focus on is their disabilities so they may be able to do great things but at the same time they are not able to do certain things in life and uh, everybody seems to focus on those disabilities rather than the abilities so the entire vision of hope is to accentuate the positive in each of these individuals bring out their very best and leave no one behind because any child who comes to hope needs to be given that opportunity to bring out the very best in them and to identify what is it that they are good at and then work on that so that we can use their their strength to overcome the specific weaknesses that they have, and uh, the second tagline that we have is because we care, uh, and that's that's the whole principle of, uh, of on which the Hope Qatar Center for the Special Needs has been founded. Because you know um, it it uh, exemplifies uh, the uh, principles that we had when we started Hope for our own son. So if uh, w- whatever we would do within our might as parents to make sure that our son has his best opportunities over there and we can do the very best for him and that's exactly the same principles that each one of my team members uh, carries with them today so any child who comes over there we care for them we love them and we actually are running the center as a not-for-profit center over the last 15 years it's not a business for us we are not in here to make money out of the differently able, but we are here to give them those opportunities that they may not get in other places one because some of the other places may be too expensive for them to afford and two uh, because it's a meaningful and impactful program that we have over there so the vision that we have for any child at hope is to bring out the very best in them and to make sure that we can uh, ensure that they achieve their very full potential because the potential that they have in them needs to be uh, brought out sharpened and shined to the maximum possible so that they can go on and live a meaningful lives in their uh, meaningful life in the society that they are a
0: member of mm-hmm uh, doctor you mentioned bringing out the best in students there must be some stories your favorite success stories if you like could perhaps you could share one of those with us uh, this morning
1: uh sure john in fact uh, there are so many success stories and uh, some of them are so heart-wrenching uh what i what i'd like to say is you know we had uh, uh a two batches of students who have completed their uh, 10th grade and 12th grade examinations after joining Hope Qatar. And uh, this is through open schooling uh, system. uh, And they have registered for those examinations and they actually went and appeared for the exams. And we're talking about uh, subjects such as math and uh, science and English and everything else. So we had two batches of students who have completed the 10th and 12th grade examinations. And we also successfully graduated an entire batch of students who completed their diplomas in uh, computer applications. Uh, I have uh, students with uh, us who have uh, actually a particular student who's been with us, uh, I could say, from the last 14 plus years uh, who has uh, successfully completed an internship program with Education Above All and is ready for employment. So, uh, you know, so we have people who came into our center who could not utter a few words, who are so uh, lacking in self-consciousness, confidence, who had uh, challenges in social skills, emotional skills, academic skills. And uh, today they are in a position for uh, being employed in a company you know so that's so many such stories that we could talk about we have cases of uh, uh, children who have been confined to their wheelchairs for uh, most of their life but with the therapeutic support that they've received at hope katar they are able to even stand with support and let the blood flow in every part of their body and uh, you know that in itself is a big achievement where some of their parents have seen the full length of the child (laughs) how, how long how high they are or how tall they are for the very first time in their life because they have always been confined to a wheelchair or the bed before they came and started studying with us. So these are some kind of uh, true life examples. Uh, there is another one I could uh, I could talk about. Uh, a year ago, I mean, we we encourage parents and. Uh, siblings of children uh, in hope Qatar to come and celebrate their special days with our children at the center like birthdays or uh, things like that so we had a celebration where a parent of a, an autistic child who celebrated his birthday at uh, hope katar center called us after the event and uh, he was so emotional and he said that my son uh, who was now i think about 17 or 18 for the very first time in his life uh, he actually turned to his father and told him happy birthday father you know so uh, that's 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 a very uh, touching situation where a father listens to his son in the first time in 18 odd years telling him happy birthday you know so uh, you look at it at any level at a macro level or a micro level there's so many impactful uh, stories that we can we can uh, refer to at hope katar so this is what keeps us going forward we do have a lot of challenges we do have a lot of uh, difficulties especially as i mentioned you know we run for a not it's a, it's a not-for-profit uh, motive but that keeps uh us uh, very focused on the minimal fees that we can charge to any child. And that does bring with it a huge amount of difficulties, but it's these kind of success stories that ensure that we don't give up uh, midway and we keep the whole thing going forward.
0: When you're hiring staff, when you're, when you're bringing staff into your um, hope center, what particular qualities are you looking for?
1: Um, I, I personally sit in on the last round of uh, every interview. Uh, In fact, my wife used to be the director of uh, Hope Qatar for uh, many years until I completed my project with uh, Qatar Foundation a couple of years ago. So I just stepped in and started uh, helping the center out uh, two years ago, but she was managing it before that and then she moved back to India and that's when I had to step in. And I started sitting in on every every interview since then, uh, especially the last round and uh, i continue to uh, follow what she used to do is to look for people with passion uh, as mm-hmm. i said to you earlier the first uh, tagline or the main principle that we operate on is to leave no one behind and the second one is uh, because we care so that's the care and understanding that any any uh, team member of hope qatar needs to carry and uh, uh, i believe in st- strongly because you know if i'm if i'm sitting on an interview and uh, uh, the first question that comes up from the candidate is what kind of salary are we talking about uh, that shows that their focus is more on something other than the impact that they want to have on the child so I look for people who come there with the passion to teach to passion to engage with the differently abled people and uh, a passion to bring about a meaningful change in the life of any person that we interact with or we we, we admit at the center and uh, that's that's the kind of team that I have at present and I mean uh, I, I I always tell my team members you know each one of them is a leader in their own rights they can self-manage themselves we have very very broad levels of policies and uh, systems uh, established at the center and everybody operates with an intensive amount of flexibility within those policies so uh, they, are, they have the ability to uh, enhance their own, uh, own capabilities they have their uh, the ability and the freedom to experiment with the new type of of learning we have a, a range of curriculum that we have blended and created into our very own so uh, the kind of people who come in should be willing and able to adapt to things like that and uh, that's the kind of kind of team that i have at hope at present
0: yeah and i know when some of the mainstream schools here doctor and international schools parents do help out they support in different ways maybe he's teaching assistants or or, or something similar. Do you have a a similar arrangement at the Hope Centre in Qatar as well? Do parents get involved? And if so, to what extent? Um,
1: what we have at hope is uh, uh, an organization called the friends of hope uh, it's available i mean there's a link of that on our website wwwhope katarorg uh, where any individual i mean it's not necessarily just the parents or the siblings but anybody in the society who would like to uh, who would like to uh, join in and uh, support us in by spending some time or efforts or bringing any specific talent that they have are uh, free to register online and we screen them we filter those, the requests because we, we get hundreds of them on a monthly basis especially from student communities and uh, non-working uh, mothers uh, of uh, children uh, all, all, all communities uh, all nationalities sitting in their houses so we do get a lot of uh, requests online so we go through them and identify any specific uh, skill sets and talents that can be of use to us and uh, we engage them actively so for example uh, we have uh, a, a very active yoga program at hope katar because we believe in the all round development of the individuals so we do have a very active yoga program uh, which has been now blended into our curriculum itself so we have a particular day on which uh, a, a volunteer who's a trained uh, certified yoga therapist teacher comes in and uh, engages with our students and we also have uh, an organization who have uh, signed up with us to come in and uh, give our children karate classes Uh, I had a volunteer until very recently who was actually a coach of one of the leading football clubs in Qatar who used to come in and teach our children football so uh, you know we, we and and we do have people coming in to help us with our social media campaigns, with our uh, public relation activities. And every time we have an event, we open up for our Friends of Hope to come in and volunteer on the events. So, yes, we do have a very active program through which uh, the society can uh, partner with us in doing any of these activities that I just
0: mentioned. Yeah. Now, it would be kind of remiss, Doctor, if we didn't mention the worldwide events going on. Uh, namely uh, coronavirus. And I'm sure uh, it's, well, I know for a fact it's impacted most schools, or if not all schools here in Doha. How has it affected you guys? And um, what steps are you taking to prepare for the return to the classroom in September? <laughs> Right. Uh, Corona
1: actually, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic hit us from out of the blue like it hit anybody else. So uh, the first thing that we had to do was to uh, shut the place down and make sure that the children uh, do not come to class. That was the first preventive step that we had to take. And then uh, immediately, we had to develop an in-house, a fully in-house based uh, online training module. And this was developed much, much, much before the ministry of education even started discussing online classes as an option for the children who are stuck in their houses. So my team were extremely uh, extremely responsive to the, my call for something like that. And we uh, developed uh, video classes, uh, online sessions, and we came up with a schedule so that every child at the center would have a fixed timetable by when every uh, they used to get their academic program, as well as the therapeutic programs. Uh, delivered to their homes using uh, Zoom and WhatsApp and uh, various other tools that were available online. Uh, It was a learning curve for many of us because, you know, even for the teachers, it was extensive efforts because uh, they had to develop the program and they had to convert everything into individual courses. And we're not talking about uh, a one-size-fits-all kind of solution. I'm talking about a set of about 40 to 50 differently-abled children who have their individual unique requirements so every session every class had to be customized for that child and delivered in a manner that they actually gain from it and then we also had to train the the parents immediately on how they could sit with their children because you know you're, you're not talking about a regular class of teenagers or students who would sit and attend an online session i'm talking about differently able children who have behavioral issues who have attention deficit issues who have uh, other intellectual and physical challenges so it was a it was an extremely challenging situation but uh, i think we responded pretty well and we rolled it out almost uh, within a week's time so that our children were attending online classes much 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 before the ministry even asked other organizations and educational institutions to consider uh, online programs so uh, this program was uh, was up and running and uh, what we also did was uh, signed up with an international organization uh, called IXL which is a a curriculum provider for uh, more senior students for their academic programs in math and science Uh, it's a US based uh, program and we have started rolling that out for our students as well and uh, now we were we were looking at what is the latest instructions that come from the ministry in terms of reopening classes in the month of uh, September, and uh, we are going with the uh, dual, uh, the blended mode, where we will be having fifty percent of our uh, students attending uh, classes at the center, whereas fifty percent of them would attend classes uh, from their homes, and uh, we will have a rotating timetable on a weekly basis so that one week one off uh, one week on and one week off would be the mode that we will have so we students come to class for one week and uh, they would work uh, and learn from home during the remaining week and we also have some students who have opted for a fully online module for the entire uh, term up to december so those children will receive their entire program sitting at homes uh, the entire center has been uh, has been upgraded and we have uh, we had to implement a lot of the uh, safety and health related requirements that were uh, included in the guidelines provided by the Ministry of Health and the Ministry of Education. So all our teachers are uh, undergoing uh, COVID uh, tests before they come for classes. And we have uh, uh, temperature screenings from at the bus at the time of boarding. We also have temperature screening at the time of entry at the uh, gates for those who don't come on our own uh, school provided transportation, Uh, parents will strictly not be allowed to enter the campus they would be staying at the gates and the, the, our ch- the children will be escorted from the gate to this classes by our own staff members who themselves will undergo temperature tests and screening at the beginning of every day every session every class uh, I mean sorry at the beginning of every day and uh, we do have uh, other uh, controls like the sanitizers the uh, the, uh, the masks the uh, uh, face shields and so many things in place for the teaching staff the teach students have being encouraged to wear uh, their masks while in class there's a lot of uh, social distancing stickers and instructions all over the campus at present and uh, we are uh, it's a challenging situation because I'm not dealing with regular children so the kids who are going to come to our center have their own special needs and uh, how many of them can follow our instructions how many of them will keep the distance uh, is something that we have to watch and uh, learn as we move but uh, our team has been prepared uh, to handle any such situations and we have uh, a lot of uh, arrangements within the campus that have been done including spacing out of furnitures getting re- f- moving away 50 percent of our furnitures into storage and everything in place so that we take total care we want to ensure that uh, there is uh, absolutely no risk of uh, any of our children Uh, contracting uh, the COVID while on our premises. And this applies to our staff also. But, you know, we are also hoping that they don't bring in anything into the campus. And uh, let's keep fingers crossed. And uh, we start with a a prayer, hopefully, that uh, everybody will be fine and safe and uh, we will be getting out of this mess as soon as possible.
0: It seems that the the Hope Centre also offers uh, what I would call extracurricular activities or services for those who are, who are not necessarily enrolled at the school. What will happen to those services during this period? I I assume they're on hold for now.
1: Uh, currently the uh, services are on hold but I think once we uh, get back on the ground on uh, September first week we will reopen those uh, programs because you know I I do recognize that there are many children who go to regular schools and uh, who may have uh, certain challenges that they need attention on for example they may have behavioral issues they may have attention deficit issues they may have uh, uh, psychological stress related issues they may have uh, I mean, you name it. You know, you could you could talk about an entire range of challenges that even children, or going to regular schools, uh, may have. And uh, this is the area where hope extends. services where you know we do an evaluation for the children all evaluations are done on saturdays when uh, the other students are not available in the classes so it's very safe environment for the parents to bring the children for screening to hope Qatar, and we can develop a program which can be delivered online and uh, these children can still attend speech therapy occupational therapy and other uh, uh, behavioral therapy and uh, other programs while sitting in their in their homes so we do have a range of programs that are uh, developed for children who are not uh, full time students of hope qatar but can enroll for such sessions on a on a therapeutic uh, program so uh, if you have any listeners who are interested in such programs i would encourage them to reach out to us uh, details are available on our website uh, www hope Qatar.org, or you could just uh, go into tinyurl.com and type admissions at hope. And uh, there is an online form that would open up for you and contact us. And we'll be happy to reach out and uh, guide you further. Our counselors will be happy to do that.
0: Oh, that's excellent news. I'll also make that available, doctor, in the uh, description of the podcast. I'll put those links in there. So as you say, any listeners that want to get in touch, um, have the ability to do so.
1: I do believe that uh, uh, many people are not sure about what to do at this time. So it doesn't matter mm. if you want to send your child to Hope or not. You reach out to us and we might be able to discuss with you and give you a few thoughts. So feel free to reach out to us if there is any thought in the mi- in your mind on uh, the next step or the best way forward and we'll be happy to interact with you. But what we do not want happening is any child sitting at Hope, uh, at, at their homes without support and losing the opportunity
0: doctor it just remains for me to say a great big thank you for your time this morning it's been really really fascinating and uh, inspiring as well actually to listen to your story i look forward to chatting to you on your return to qatar